Hello and welcome to CCI's podcast. CCI is short for Campaign for Christ International, and as the name implies, we indeed are campaigning for Christ. May His kingdom expand and His good news reach to all the ends of the earth. There will always be people that will not be truly, fully satisfied until they have that life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. And God says in His Word that it is not His will for mankind to perish, but that they may find everlasting life in Him. We are trying to reach out to them wherever they may be, in whatever condition they may be in. This is your host, Dr. Reyes, and let me tell you, God wants a relationship with you. The creator of the universe wants to know you, and he wants you to know him. In today's episode, evangelist Josiah Alway speaks about the presence of God, the greatest place a human being can be in, that secret place where we see the reality of eternity, and he shares with us a key that will help us get closer to His presence. The greatest place that we can be is in the presence of God. There is no greater place in all of the world than being near our Creator. In His presence, the Bible says, is the fullness of joy. And truly, there's no greater joy than being in the presence of the one who created the joys that we can experience. In his presence, we find grace in time of need, this grace that is greater than anything that we will face. In his presence, we find a refuge in time of trouble. Immeasurable, immeasurable are the blessings and the joys and the glory of being in the presence of God. Today, I've entitled my message, The Key to God's Presence in Your Life. The Key to God's Presence in Your Life. You can experience God personally. You can come into the very presence of your Creator. You can know God intimately. But God doesn't come near to just anyone in any place at any time. He's specific about who he will visit. And I'm going to give you the key today. And we're going to look at several scriptures, but I want to begin in the ancient book of Psalms, the 34th chapter and verse 18. The book of Psalms, the 34th chapter, verse 18. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a broken spirit. The Lord is near. His presence is with those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. If you want to be near the heart of God, if you want more of God, if you want to experience His presence in greater ways, the secret lies in one word, brokenness. The Lord is near those who have a broken heart. And few topics are more important and 
and more prevalent in the scripture than this topic of brokenness. But don't misunderstand. Having a broken heart and a contrite spirit does not mean depression or despair. In this context, it doesn't mean that at all. What it means is an attitude of repentance and humility before God. Again, let me say this again. Having a broken heart and a contrite spirit does not mean despair or depression. What it means is an attitude of repentance and humility before God. A broken heart because of who I am in light of who God is. A contrite spirit. This word contrite means a crushed spirit. A crushed spirit by my sins. A crushed spirit by who I am when I see the holiness of God. To such as have this attitude of repentance, of humility. God promises to draw near to them. Jesus in his sermon on the mount declared in Matthew 5.3, Blessed are the poor in spirit. The poor in spirit. People that recognize their spiritual bankruptcy. David, after he had sinned with his horrible sin before God, wrote in the 51st chapter of the book of Psalms, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. The great prophet Isaiah declared in the 57th chapter of Isaiah, For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in a high and a holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Yes, God dwells in a high and lofty place, a high and holy place, but He also dwells with those who are broken and contrite before Him. Jesus was walking in that great city and a multitude was following Him. They wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. They wanted to see Jesus perform miracles. And they were acting proper before Him. They were walking down the street with Him. And suddenly above the sound of the multitude came a cry. A cry from a blind man named Bartimaeus. And as Jesus was walking by, Bartimaeus cried out, Thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Thou son of David, have mercy upon me. And Jesus turned and looked and they were trying to hush the blind man. It wasn't appropriate for him to do that, they thought. But it moved the heart of Jesus and Jesus came near to him. He came near to that man with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And the Bible says he opened the eyes of that blind man. He changed that man's life. He responds to those kind of people. In the Old Testament, we see the story of a woman named Hannah. One day, Hannah came into the temple and she began to pour her heart out before God. With a broken heart and a contrite spirit, she cried out within. And those who saw her thought she was drunk. 
but she wasn't drunk. She was just broken. You see, she was barren. She could not bear children, but she desired, so greatly desired to bring forth life. And God heard her cry. God responded to her broken heart. And she brought forth a boy whose name was Samuel, one of the great prophets and great men of God in the Scripture. The Lord declared through the prophet these words. The prophet Isaiah, these words. But on this one will I look. On him who has a poor, is poor and of a contrite spirit, declares the Lord. Time and time and time again, God responds to the broken. And he'll respond to you today. He'll come near to you today if you'll come to him with a broken heart, with humility, with repentance. People think, no, 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 I'm a Christian. I don't need to have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. I don't need to have this attitude of repentance. I don't need to because I'm already saved. I'm already a Christian. That message isn't for me, they'll say. I, I would ask such a Christian to open the scriptures and read the book of Revelation, which is the last chapter in your Bible. In this book, the holiness of God is revealed. The great apostle John. He, the Bible says, falls down on his face as though he were dead. He was already a Christian, but seeing the holiness of God overwhelmed him. And then God calls him to write this book of Revelation, which is a message, the beginning is a message to the seven churches. These churches are filled with believers, with Christians, with people that are already saved. And he calls these churches to repentance, to see their need. In other words, to have a broken and a heart and a contrite spirit before God. I begin to look at my own heart in light of the holiness of God as John did, as Isaiah did, as the great men and women of the Bible did, as God calls you and I to do. I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm a Christian. I know that the blood of Christ was shed for me, that I'm redeemed. But I also know that I'm far from where God would have me to be. And it's important for us to recognize that. It's important for us to recognize that the only good thing within us is the life of Christ. There's nothing good found in me outside of what God has put within me. When I compare my nature, who I am, and in light of who God is, it, it should break me. We should all recognize this. Throughout history, revivals have always come. I've always been started in people who have broken hearts and contrite spirits. I have never heard of a revival that did not begin with brokenness. And all the revivals I've heard of and read about, never have I heard of a, of a revival that did not begin with brokenness. One example is the great revival that occurred in the 20th century in the nation of Romania. 
In this nation, Christians began to experience God in new ways. These were people that were going to church. These were people that we might say were good Christians. But they began to see themselves in light of the holiness of God. And I heard a testimony of one of the ministers who led this revival. And he said that what was once little things, the things that people didn't really think much about, attitudes even, that God began to convict people of. And when they began to experience the presence of God, they began to see their own need in ways they had never seen before. And it produced brokenness. And he said that as they became more broken before God, this revival spread throughout the nation and countless people were saved. And churches were on fire for God. It all started from brokenness. And that is true for so many revivals throughout the centuries. It's important for us to recognize that the Holy Spirit, not us, the Holy Spirit, is the one that produces broken, and con- broken hearts and contrite spirits. How does the Holy Spirit do it? By revealing to us who we are and who, in light of who God is. This is what happened to Isaiah. This is what happened to John. Two very similar experiences. In the book of Isaiah, the sixth chapter, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. He saw his train filling the temple. He saw the angels crying, holy, holy, holy. And the Bible says that when Isaiah saw the holiness of God, he cried out, woe is me. This great prophet cried out, woe is me. For I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. His heart was broken and contrite in the presence of God as he compared himself with the great king of the universe that he saw. When we see the holiness of God, God who is called holy, God who dwells in a high and lofty place, and we see that in light of who we are, the dust of the earth, it should break us. When we see the suffering of Christ on the cross, suffering for our sin, and we recognize our lack of holiness and our sinful desire, it should break us. Who God is and who we are produces brokenness. Let me illustrate this with an example. Suppose there was a a group of people let's say, a tribe living out in the jungle, out in the the wilderness. And these people were naked savages with no hygienic practices. They're living out in the wilderness more similarly to animals. And suppose that they never saw the outside world. They never saw men and women arrayed with proper clothing. They never saw civilized people with proper habits. They never knew what it was like to have good hygiene. They would not be capable of comparing themselves with anyone but themselves because they had never seen the outside world. There would be no point of reference for them. And as a result, they wouldn't be affected or changed 
or made sorry for their poor condition. But now bring these people and show them how others live. Some would see their need and they would change. Some probably wouldn't. But regardless, they would be in awe. People that would have never experienced the outside world, if they saw a car, they would be in awe. If they, they saw a plane in the sky, they would be in awe. If they saw uh, the medicines, the clothing, the foods that we have, they would be in awe. And this is the case with mankind. The Bible says that humans are poor and naked by sin. Humanity is in a wretched and miserable estate. But when the holiness of God is revealed, when we see just a glimpse of God, when we see our wretched condition and the glory and the splendor and the majesty and the beauty of God, we're in awe. We should see our need in light of that. When Jesus revealed just a glimpse of who he was to Peter, Peter recognized his wretched estate even before his friends and his co-workers. He said to Jesus, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Depart from me. This, this man who was part of God's people who feared God but when he saw just a glimpse he recognized his need. This is what happens to a good man when he compares himself to God. The more the Holy Spirit reveals to us who God is and who we are, the more brokenness we have. But brothers and sisters, don't be deceived. Brokenness cannot be manufactured. It cannot be manufactured. It, it is a work of God, not a work of man. The Bible says that Esau cried with tears before God, but, they were, but he wasn't heard. These tears were from a, a heart that was not broken. His motives were false and impure. And because our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked, the Bible says, we cannot create our own brokenness. We must beware of fake tears like Esau. Only the Spirit of God can reveal to us the wickedness of sin. Only the Holy Spirit can show us our evil nature. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal the suffering of Christ for humanity and dying for wretched sinners like you and me. Only, only the Holy Spirit can give us broken hearts and contrite spirits. Some years ago, I was in a faraway nation and I preached a sermon in this church and invited people to come to the altar to repent of sin and turn to Christ. And as we were praying for people, I noticed a young man. He was crying, but not just crying. He was, it was as though a loved one had just died. He was crying with great tears and moans and great despair. Others were crying, but he stood out. 
when the service was concluded, he came up to me still crying, and he asked to talk to me in private. And so we went outside of this church, and we sat down, and we began to speak. With tears coming down his face, he told me that he had committed a great crime, a crime that hurt people, a crime that should put him in prison. And his spiritual leader had asked him about this, and he had denied it. He had lied and tried to cover it up. But the Holy Spirit did something in his heart during that message. And he responded to the call of the Spirit, and his heart broke, and his spirit was crushed. And he repented. And in that service, before he spoke to me, he had told his spiritual leader of the crime that he had committed and he had confessed to covering it up. And like David, who who sinned greatly, he repented and he asked me, could God ever forgive someone like me? The cross is enough, I told him. Jesus died for you, and he'll forgive you. I knew his heart had been broken. But no one, no one could do that. No one could cause him to confess this crime and be willing to bear the penalty of it. No one could soften his heart, but the Holy Spirit could. It is a work of the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy, Holy Spirit can do such a work in the life of a sinner like you and me. But did you know that just like our hearts can be broken, so too our hearts can be hardened. The opposite can occur. Scripture teaches us that sin, sin produces hardness of heart. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 7, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And oh, the fear, the fear we should have, lest this would happen to our hearts. Again, the Bible says, How blessed is the man who fears always, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Oh yes, we can harden our hearts through sin. That's what sin does to us. And beware, brothers and sisters, if your heart is not softened toward God, cry out for mercy. If your heart is hardened by sin, beg God for His presence to break you. If you're not feeling His presence near to you, Ask Him to reveal who He is and reveal who you are in light of that. The great John Bunyan once wrote, God will break all hearts for sin, either here in repentance and happiness or in the world to come to condemnation and misery. Our hearts will either be broken here in this life or in the life to come. May our hearts be baptized in this solemn truth. May our hearts be an acceptable sacrifice to God. As scripture says that we read, the Lord is near. He is close 
to those who have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. This is what God really wants. Those who are repentant, those who are humble before Him, He will not despise those who come to Him in this way. The sacrifices of God, the sacrifices of God are a broken heart and a contrite spirit. That is what God desires in you. And He will come near to you if you will come to Him with repentance and humility. Oh God, may we continually be broken before Your presence as we see Your holiness more and more and we see the wretchedness of our estate. May we continually be broken before You You who are perfect, you who are holy, and we whose hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked. May we always be broken before you because that's what you desire of us. And you've promised to come near to those who have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Be merciful to us, O Lord. Thou Son of David, Have mercy upon us. Amen. Please stay tuned for more of Josiah Alway in future episodes here on CCI's podcast. If you would like to know more about this ministry, please visit our website at www.cci.life. You can find our videos on streaming platforms like Vimeo, YouTube, and Rumble. This is Campaign for Christ International, preaching the gospel, helping the sick, and praising the Lord.